Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's go. Game Time Decisions, Ready to Rage Radio. I am Jake Morenci. Throwing it down, a studio, 33 and a half. On a crazy day in New York City. Uh, today, evidently, is a hashtag uh, bomb day. Uh, every day is a hashtag something. Today is a national hashtag, let's bomb a liberal day, uh, evidently. And I can tell, man, that's the thing. I can tell, like, from, from where I live, you know, I have a beautiful view. I have a great view uh, right, uh, of, uh, of Manhattan. And I can tell when there's extra helicopters. So normally there's a helicopter, you know, that cruises around, and it's it's a police helicopter. But last night, man, there were helicopters, there were planes. It was it was constant, and it went all night. And then this morning, it was the first time when I took the ferry on 34th Street. The driver said 34th Street's closed, and she said, I don't know why, but. You know, I think there's an accident or something, but I didn't see an accident, and I just saw a ton of cops and police tape, and streets were closed everywhere, but, man, we're up to, like, what, five, six? I don't know. I don't even know. I can't keep up anymore, but uh, Hillary and Bill, uh, Barack Obama, CNN was evacuated, um, I think Maxine Waters, and I'm sure Trump's going to want to get to the bottom of this, so I'm like Maxine Waters, but um, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy-ass day. Uh, going on here, the raging redhead uh, Cam Stewart uh, throwing it down. What's going on, Cam? Glad you're safe, Marenzi. Oh yeah, I saw I, I saw the bomb reports there. I was thinking, oh my God, I hope uh, I hope it's nowhere near you guys at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That's my concern. Uh, a couple of blocks away. It's uh, close. Yeah, it's well, you know, uh, I don't believe anybody wants to blow us up yet. I mean, unless unless uh, the, unless, New York, the, the New York Knicks. I don't know. Unless, unless your golf is really upset, somebody. <laughs> That freaking Cam Stewart, he screwed me for the last time. No, no, we're we're good here. We're 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 good here. That's good, man. Well, you know, we're good as long as we pledge our allegiance to uh, to the MAGA. <laughs> we're, it's pretty clear what uh, what what, uh, what side things what we're on uh, today. But you know, all kidding aside, hope uh, hope everybody's all right. And um, I don't think it's just false scares either. It's, I thought it was just sort of false alarms across the board. I think some of them. I think they found, like, a poorly built bomb in pipes and whatever. Poorly put together, I think, um, around CNN. I do think there was actually something there. But, um, like I said, hopefully everybody is all right. And uh, welcome to the new world, man. The purge is begun. Okay. You know, our new homicide record is going to be soon. It's basically all about just sort of society breaking down, revolutions, violence in the streets. And, um, man, we're pretty much there right now.
Yeah, perfect timing for homicide to make again, uh, kind of like what Murphy says. We're never more relevant than now. Like, we're relevant than well, we're not more, so much, but who cares? Yeah, please, yeah, I know. I hope we're more relevant it's than like, Candace Bergen, Murphy Brown. It's like, oh, God, we, 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 we were, we're just with bated breath. We were holding, waiting for you to come back on TV, Murphy Brown. Please. Come on. Yeah, I think break. you could probably say the same with homicide. It's not like people. <laughs> Uh, it's not like people were, were writing letters to Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, yeah, I want oh, that album. please, when is Homicide going to do another record? Um, but as you stated, you know, it's sort of like, you know, with all the hostility and the divisiveness in the world and a lack of unity, it's a perfect time for us to uh, to, to, to return. It's sort of yes, like, you know, it's like a Christmas record. Like, you know, people want to hear holiday music in the holidays. Like, there's no better music to uh, plan, uh, plan some uh, psychotic attack than listening to Homicide. Well put. Well yeah, put. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a, I'm gonna have an attack. Uh, anyway, that uh, that baseball game pissed me off last night. But things were good, Gabe. But it swept the board in hockey. That was nice. And uh, hopefully we can get it done again. Uh, uh, I know our team fell short because uh, I didn't see Blake Griffin getting 50 points in that game. He wasn't part of the dream lineup. But uh, that's the way it goes. Piece of the puzzle. One day at a time, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> You, you got it, man. You got it. One, one, one day at a time. It's, it's, all, it's all we can do. Oh, and uh, look at this. I, you know what? I'm, you know, we'll get more. Um, I want to get on lighter up here because people aren't yep. tuning in to get depressed. But So you do have all these bomb threats and stuff. And, of course, the election, there's a midterm coming around the corner. You know, clearly, I mean, very political what happened today. Whoever was behind this, there's some sort of weird reason. But now I just see there's a mass shooting in, uh, in Kentucky. Uh, right now as well. Mass shooting in the supermarket in uh, Jefferson, Kentucky. So our prayers to uh, the people in Kentucky. And I don't know. You can just help, man. There's something in the air, Cam. You know, like you can just like the sky, the moon. There's um, the planets are aligned and uh, they're dealing hostility right now. Yeah, it's not just, and he said it, we talked about this last week, we're going to try to give people, you know, picks and have some laughs with Gamblu, but no, it's just, it's the attitude out there, Gabe. I told like, walking the streets, there's no, hey, how you doing? It's eyes down or scowling, and it's anger. A lot of people, it's desperate times right now for everybody, and uh, yeah, you say it, man, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I've never seen places where nobody, like, talks anybody anymore. It's just everyone's kind of doing their own thing, shuffling, looking down. Nobody wants to have any interaction with other people, but I don't know, man. I'm. You're right. This is This could be just the beginning but uh life goes on buddy we just keep on doing what we do all right uh, so we've got the whole series of tonight we've got a full, yep. full slate of nba basketball yesterday we played uh, we doubled up on that uh, dfs lineup and um you know it's, it's pretty frustrating because it was a pretty good lineup we didn't win any money yeah i know yeah we got 253 yeah. points which is not bad it's, it's not, okay it's not good enough but it's not like our lineup tank but that's what's really frustrating about the uh, the nba dfs Man, you've got to be perfect. You just you've got to be perfect. And like I said, two fifty three. Like let's look at the team. This we can't put this team together live on the air last night. And it was Markel Fultz, Drew Holiday, Nikolai Meritic, Montrez Harrell, uh, Nikolai Jokic, T.J. McConnell, Paul Millsap, Alfred Payton. And look, like Fultz had twenty three point five, Holiday thirty one point five. Yeah, pretty much all of our guys didn't suck, but. Just not quite good enough. You know, like Jokic, we spent a lot of me on last night. He was owned by 40% of the people in the tournament. He gave us 40 points. Not enough. No, he was nearly $10. So he was a little short. Like Drew Holiday didn't talk at 31.5 points, but not enough uh, once again. So it's just a little, little bit frustrating. 
Um, yeah, we finished the 2,772nd placement out of like oh, 4,000 oh. people. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like our team did suck, and we still finished in 2,000th place. You got, you said it. you got to be perfect in these things. There's so I many, had 325 and, points the other night on an NBA team. I finished on 177th place. Exactly. I don't know how much better I can do. It's shark-infested waters, man. Like you, you said, it, these guys, there's a lot of mathematics. There are people who know. They take the optimizer, and then they fill in the blanks. You got. You said it. You can have one little guy that maybe is not perfect, but everybody else you have to max on. There's so many people in the contest, too, Gabe. Like, take a basketball, baseball in comparison. Even golf's a lot, but, like, hockey contest, you have, like, you know, 368 people in a contest, a couple thousand people in a contest. These ones, 27,000, 40,000. Like, a lot of the time, too, it's correlated to the sport that you bet, and the more people are in, the more sharp people you're going to get. Yeah, it's going to be a couple dull knives, but most of them are Ginsu's, and they're ready to chop. Well, we got chopped up last night uh, in the sure series. Did. <laughs> sure did. We got sliced and diced, like, uh, what was it? Uh, what was that? Uh, what was the old kick show? Uh, work with Yon? What was it? Walk with Yen. Oh, 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 Walk with Yen. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah, amazing. Yen. Yeah. Walk with Yen. Yeah, He's walk with Yen. He used to bust out the old Ginsu knives and should be chopping things up. That was us at Dodgers last night. I managed to win money last night because I went smaller on the World Series and I went bigger on that college football over and I went bigger on the Pelicans last night at minus six. But, um, yeah, it was frustrating. So no run in the first inning. We talked about it, how I knew it was a sucker bet. I fell for it. I fell for it. So Red Sox score, all right, throw that out the window. All right, small play. I got three plays on the game. I got no run in the first inning. I have the I have the L.A. Dodgers like you plus a half a run in the first five innings. And I have the Dodgers in again. So, all right. Win one. Okay, it sucks. Boom. Down two. Now, Dodgers come back. Tie two, two. Down three, two. Come back. Tie three, three. You know, we tied it three, three in the top of the inning, man. All we needed Clayton Kershaw to do is get out of that freaking inning, not give the lead back. And we're in the game. And and now, no, no. We Of course, he's got to give it right back. So, boom. There's 0-2. And then the game gets blown open. I'm not blaming Clayton Kershaw for the loss last night. You know, the Red Sox played a better game. The Dodgers were sloppy defensively. The Dodgers do this sometimes. Dodgers are a pretty good defensive team, but I remember in game one, it was the exact same thing against Milwaukee. The Dodgers look lost and sloppy, and Roberts is, you know, he overthought, changing, man, you know, we're taking this guy out, putting him in, in, and he just sort of pushed the wrong buttons. He's done this before. A lot of people have abandoned ship with the Dodgers right now. I'm not panicking, but it was a frustrating game last night. And it was frustrating going 0-3 in the game, especially losing that fifth inning bet, Cam, with Kershaw giving it right back because I knew he was going to do it, and then he did it. Yeah, it just felt the way we were tied. I was feeling good, and the minute they got guys on, I go, we're toast. Yeah, you said it. David Freeze uh, at first base, too. He, he doesn't look very comfortable there. I understand you want to get the bat in the lineup, but the most important thing that you said, I, I think, is Robert's overthinking. He just, like, Cora's kind of like baseball come to him. He's making the right choices. He understands his bullpen a lot more. And uh, Roberts, for a guy that was really, really clutch when he played in the playoffs, he seemed to be rattled a little bit, too. But uh, you know what? A lot of people are down. I know Ryu's pitch tonight. They're a dog. He got absolutely leveled by Milwaukee. Remember that one inning, they put a big cricket number against him. They hit every curveball he put over the plate, got smashed. Um, I don't overly trust him. I don't overly trust him either, but I think I actually believe that I think tonight he's going to mix up the speeds. I think he's going to be better, and when people think he's going to be shit, he's actually going to be decent. I think the Dodgers, I'm going to go back to the Dodgers. I believe they can win this series. I'm not abandoning shit either. I'm I'm in on the Dodge tonight. They fight back tonight as a dog. My deal with this game uh, is my deal with this game is uh, the problem, why are the Boston Red Sox only minus 145? 
Yes. You know, like the Los Angeles Dodgers got steamrolled last night. They lost 8-4. It's once again in Fenway. They don't have a great pitcher on the hill. He's hit or miss. He's okay. And they're only plus 125. You know, that, you know I, I guess they're, they think that they don't trust David Price either. I mean, if they really thought the Boston Red Sox were going to win the game, they would have made the line higher because they'd be worried about everyone betting on the Boston Red Sox and winning money uh, tonight. So, I don't know, man. Like, it's like the odds makers do think the Dodgers have a puncher's chance of uh, making them only 125. I do think it's probably the fact that it's David Price pitching. David Price is 3-9 in his career in the postseason. He's 1-9 as a starter in his career in the postseason. Uh, which means he's got a lot of postseason experience. <laughs> you want to look sure at positive uh, on that, but I never win camp. You know, there's certain things I never win on. I never win when I take an NBA under or a football under. It'll be the one night that there's a ton of points scored in a game, and I never win when I take baseball overs. At least rarely. I think I won one with the Yankee series in the playoffs uh, this year, but. Um, the total's eight and a half tonight. I got to believe there's some runs tonight between Price and uh, Ryu on the hill. I agree. And when you look at Ryu's numbers in comparison to Price, I know he had that one bad start, but the 82 innings pitch, 1.97 ERA, his whip is one, you know, and then David Price, you take a look, 358, 1.14. Sure, he strikes out a lot more guys, but he also walks guys too. So I think Ryu had that one bad game against the Brewers. That's as you said, people remember the last thing they saw. That stuck in there. And I, I believe he can fight back. I think he's a smart guy. He's going to understand what didn't work. He didn't mix it up enough about against Milwaukee. I understand, Gabe, you know, those Boston, what a lineup. Every guy. Oh, my God, it's J.D. Martinez. Oh, i got to deal with Ben Attendee. Bets, like it's a murderer's rare, but I think if he's patient, finds the corners, he's going to be okay. And I think the Dodgers can get to Price. If Price gets rattled, it's going to be really good for L.A. And you said it, it's a short price. We got trapped with people. Oh, my God, Clayton Kershaw's 155-160. They lost. Maybe this is better. A lot of people are going, wow, what a steal for Boston at 145. Well, you know, I'm still going to back the Dodgers. I think they can uh, even this series. Uh, I just retweeted a picture of Matt Machado showing up to the park. As this uh, Major League Baseball um, <laughs> retweeted the picture of him. It says, give us one word to describe Manny's uh, game two look. As uh, Manny Machado. It is a very interesting hoodie that he's wearing. Like, it's it's over the top. And I, I think you're going to be a fan of this, Cam. In fact, it's something I can see you actually wearing. Or at least liking. It's like something you'd see a guy at the track wearing. It's horrible. <laughs> You think I'd like that? Yeah, look at it's this. Got, it's got leopard print with what the glasses. Heck is it? With with that, I don't even get. Like trying to figure it out here. It looks like a tablecloth with lure, with a stripper's leopard print with like a, a bad. Like if it was just like the blue. If it was just the blue, okay, it would match yeah. his track pants and everything. It looks awful. But then he's got the weird yellow thing, and what's the? It's like it's it the most bizarre like fleece you said I've it, ever man. seen in my life. It doesn't even look like him. He looks like kind of like a nerd. And look, he's, he's wearing like glasses, in. but he's... I know. He looks weird, man. What the hell? Like, if you looked at that, I, I would not say Manny Machado. I'd have to look at it for a while and go, who the... Oh, okay. No, like, if he walked really... past you on the street with his getup, you just think he's some big, geek dude. <laughs> it's horrible, Gabe. You go, yeah, you'd like it. No, no, yeah, I, I figured. Like I figured. Uh, I figured you'd be a fan. It's just so... It's almost something that you would get, like a discount dollar store. It's like, yeah, listen, we messed up. They, they screwed up in China when they were making this fleece. It was supposed to be all blue, but for some reason they put this yellow thing in the middle and they put leopard on it. It's like they screwed up the fabric. <laughs> like, it just is. It would be normal if it was just like the blue. Like you said, like he's got the blue on it. It would just be normal. 
But for some reason, it's got like, why is there leopard, like cougar stuff on it? I don't know, man. I'm not a stylist. It's awful. Nice hair, though. Game and decisions continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. Fascinated by Manny Machado's fleet here. I'm still trying to figure it out. Like it There's nothing like, to figure it out. It looks it's like just something insane. like a grandmother would wear playing bingo. It's like something Actually, on a discount rack. It's like, you know, you're going to the store, you're trying to do lease, and it's like, you know, it's like a dollar ninety-nine. Like I I can't wrap I know it's like we gotta move on from this. I can't wrap my head around this thing. Like I'm baffled by this. Especially for a guy like, you know what, this is still better than LeBron showing up with a Gucci bag and his little, like, uh, short suits and stuff. But, like, like, if he didn't have a pass to get into the park, like, I wouldn't let this guy in the park. Like, if that's this guy told great, you, that, I'm on the Dodgers, yeah. and get out of my way. Be like, dude, yeah, that's a, you're like, dude, like, I've seen ballplayers. They don't like this. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I wouldn't even let it. Yeah, you're right. Like, that guy's strolling in without a media pass. He's done. Like, he's up against the wall. <laughs> hey, I'm Manny Machado. Screw you. No, you're not. You know, you're right. It makes absolutely like, look at no behind sense. Him. That looks like a oh, ballplayer. He's coming in with a jeans and sweater. Yeah. Just casual. Yeah. Manny that Machado. Looks good. <laughs> he's got, the other guy behind him looks like he got, like, a wrapped up horse form. You know, he just came from the track. He's ready to rock. Yeah, that's but the best is they're sponsored by look LL Bean, and he's rocking this. That cost about a buck fifty-five at the Giant Tiger. I still, I just, I don't understand. I, I, guess, I, I don't get it, man. No, no, you're right. Like it's and it's perfectly like exact perpendicular leopard print. Then it's blue. Then it's a weird gold plaque. Then it's turquoise. Then it's, yeah, you're right. Like, it makes sense. Whoever made this is just, basically, they just took old fabric and said, you know, slap it on the shirt. Because I, I, you're, I'm with you, man. Like, I, I am actually, I don't want to get off because it's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen it's somebody wear, Gabe. It's like something, something someone wear down to the truck at the metal end. Like, I see some tacky gear down there, bro. I see some tacky gear. And, yeah, like you said, Buddy looks like he's coming in with a racing form in his hand. <laughs> you got a brother in a backpack in the back over here. All right? He's just, you know, he's he's, he's chill uh, coming in. But, yeah, it's looking like, what, is Manny leading the pack? Like, he's the leader coming in like this. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. With, especially with, and it's even worse because the shades make him look like smart. He should be coming in with, like, you know, his glasses. suit. Yeah. His glasses, his look, like, it's just. It's insane. He's, he's it's got insane. like a deadly serious look. He's so intense. He's got glasses, but he's got the goofiest fleece on. It's ridiculous. I know. 
It's just, <laughs> I don't even, uh, yeah, in the, in the pants too. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know, man. Like you just said, let's rock. That's, I've noticed that with today's kids though. It, it, like I shouldn't call them a kid, but styles. It's funny, they want to kind of go back to like the Mr. Furley days and Three's Company, but there's a, like a fusion between like new and old and stuff. And a lot of the time I'm looking at people, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, it's just not meshing, Gabe. Like you don't have the perfect fly collar with the look. It's like got something else in there and it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. That's what it feels like. Like this is just a style mashup it does not work unbelievable uh crazy. our boy our boy wiley coyote sent us a picture of uh of uh walk with yawn walk with yawn oh walk with yawn's the best yeah why one of my favorite shows growing up man it was amazing like he used to bring like ladies from the audience <laughs> you know and he'd come out there and he just are going bonkers with the walk and like and the best was they actually ate the food on the show and like sat and talked around it was like kind of weird but it wasn't like celebrities i like he that, just talked to like regular people i like that uh, walk has got like different slogans walk and roll yeah walk and roll walking my baby back home <laughs> walk around the clock yeah walk around the clock yeah, walk the heck? always on you are, yeah. you are walk you eat walk goes up must come down <laughs> walk goes up. walkie night in Canada yeah. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Walk Raiders of the Lost Walk Jailhouse Walk Oh man yeah. no, those those uh, those aprons are like worth my, yeah yeah like he used what, to walk customize those aprons <laughs> walk the heck yeah he had a million of them what is that what happened to that guy. Well, remember, that show was popular in the 80s and stuff, so I think he's from Vancouver. I'm not, I'm not sure if he does anything else in the cooking business, but I, I haven't seen him on the TV uh, show circuit in a long time. But, uh, yeah, I should put in where is walk with the end. Uh, people uh, really don't like Manny Machado. Like, um, so Major League Baseball is the one who retweeted this picture out, and Major League Baseball knows that they're going to get a lot of, uh, they're going to get a lot of, um, a lot of feedback. <laughs> And a lot of hostility. So uh, basically, um, well, we got homophobic stuff. Uh, we got because it says describe one word to how Manny Machado looks. Um, somebody says bag. Um, somebody else says overrated. <laughs> uh, this guy homeless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to do. I, I, Somebody else says he looks Yankee-bound. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. The, I don't think Yankee fans are going to let that fly. It's, it's a Somebody bad Somebody else look. says he looks like a lesbian. Kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's just joking. <laughs> These aren't our viewers. This is Major League Baseball's Twitter account. Somebody exactly. else says one word, asshole. <laughs> Somebody else says tool, <laughs> whack, dirty player, Yankee. Uh, unique, studious, studious, villain, toolbox. <laughs> toolbox is good. I like toolbox. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm a fan of the word tool. Like, shut up. You're a tool. He's a tool. You know, the word tool is a much underrated uh, insult, but toolbox is even better. And if we can combine get bent toolbox, that's even better. Yeah, get, get, get bent, bent toolbox. toolbox. Yeah, get bent Richard, toolbox. Remember, remember, Rich, remember Richard Garner's gearbox. Yeah, he's that a gearbox. Gearbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guy's a t- gearbox. I wanted to get uh, I wanted to get Garner on actually. It's twenty fifth anniversary of him running on the field yesterday. Uh, yes, Joe Carter's yeah, homer. I always see him. He's tweeting. He's always uh, he's involved in some stocks and stuff like that. You know, he's always uh, he's always got something going on, Gabe. Yeah, Garner's Usually, uh, uh, Garner's involved in the legal marijuana industry and the stock game and stuff. Yeah, 
Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, wherever, well, wherever there's a dollar, Garner's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, well put. Garner's like a, lo- he's like, know, he's like a lobbyist or something. I'm not really sure. I don't know. No, you see, I, he remember he wanted uh, Lisa to rest story too. He's big with the the emissions, clean emissions. He wanted to do a big story on ethanol. You know, uh, he's ethanol moved, he's based gasoline. He's moved on. Oh, he's from moved the on ethanol. to marijuana. Yeah. From ethanol to marijuana. <laughs> yeah, he was producing ethanol videos. Hello, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and the uh, the strengths of ethanol as opposed to other sources of energy. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully, corn. Hopefully, the Dodgers have a source of energy tonight. Matty Machado that did his thing. He might just like an old lady that's going to play bingo. But, um, you know, he did his thing last night. He had three RBIs. You know, the, you get the feel. Last night, the Dodgers did a good job. That's what was frustrating, that the Dodgers, you know this. You, you see the Dodgers in a regular season, too. This is what they do. They have they have trouble cashing in, right? So they'll have the bases loaded in one run. Or they leave so many runners in scoring position so many times. It's a problem for them consistently. Last night, they did a good job, Cam. They got guys no, on they base. They drove them home. They moved guys over. Manny Machado did his job. He's a cleanup hitter. Like, they Turner, did their Turner, job. Turner and Machado got hits. Like, yeah, they did like, their job. They, they didn't swing the fences. They didn't just rely on the long ball. They played some baseball. They had good at-bats. And ultimately, they ended up losing. One thing is, the Boston Red Sox really are very good. Like, oh, I know amazing. that's an understatement, but... They really are. It's 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 a problem. Like the dog played pretty well, but you know, they made too many mistakes and they're relentless. Like the, the Red Sox lineup, it just doesn't stop. And the thing with the, they're know, the Red fast. Sox team? They got fast yeah. young guys. It's not just like oh like you know what I mean? When you play the Yankees, like, oh, yeah, it looks scary, but whatever, dude, Stan's gonna pitch at a at a pitch that's five over his head. The Red Sox have all these young, smart hitters, and they're not like an American League team camp. They're not like fat guys and stuff. Like, when they get on base, man, like, they terrorize you. You know, Mookie Betts is on first, then he's on third, then he scores. Oh, pass ball, they score. They're very aggressive on the base pass. They play National League-style baseball, actually, in the American League. And the Dodgers play American League-style ball, and it's weird. Like, the Dodgers are getting outrun, out, like, out National League. Yeah, the thing about it, too, is when you look at Boston, look at guys that they bring in, not just character guys, winners. Like, you know, like Kinsler and all these other guys are huge. Who was the hero last night? Nunez, a guy who at least expected. And even when you look it up and down the roster, the only guy you're not afraid to, you know, that won't get you is Cindy Leon. But what is he? One of the best defensive, defensive catch in baseball. Unlike Grandel, who's not a very good defensive catcher and has been closed in the playoffs. The Red Sox up and down, you said it. They're absolutely lethal. But I think it's a great opportunity for the Dodgers because they did, they, you said it, they did do good things. They did get hits against Sale, and they can get done. And without Nunez getting that three-run home run, I think things could have been a hell of a lot different, Marenzi. That just basically took the wind out of their sails, because they were really battling. It was a tight game until that, so you know what? I'm not... It's up to Ryu. If he, if he can find a way to like settle these guys down, even hold them to a couple runs, they will get to David Price tonight. I think the Dodgers are going to get to David Price big time tonight. I think he's going to have a rough outing. I think Shano is a winner. What up, Shano? He says, Manny Machado, he's like that when you have so much money, you just don't give an F anymore. Great point. Great point. That is the, I'm wearing a goofy-ass cougar, weird, defected fleece, and I've got $130 million. <laughs> and like I said, there's like a security guard making 9 bucks an hour that, you know, didn't let him in. That is dressing better than Manny is right now. <laughs> That's a defective fleece. <laughs> it is. It is a defective is. fleece. <laughs> like, no, like you're working in a, a fleece factory, and that shirt's like, it's yeah, like what? Like, it, it's no, one of those things where it's, it's, it's in a discount. It's crazy. Bin. 
It's yeah, in like sure. the default bit. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. So we're selling it for cheaper. For some reason, they put the chick fleece, the cougar thing on top of this blue fleece. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jonathan Benson says, looks like something he bought off a street vendor outside of Fenway. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, nah, Jerry Mandarin says, I can see Greg Sansoni pulling this look off. <laughs> uh, he's, got a, he's got a nice tan. So Sansoni dresses well. Yeah, he does. He, he, wear, he wears slacks, like real, like, yeah, he wears, like, business shirts. He doesn't wear T-shirts. <laughs> he usually wears, like, I'm not saying, like, you know, he doesn't dress in, like, Hugo suits. He just wears nice slacks, shoes, and a dress, like, kind of what you get at, uh, you know, uh, what's that company by you guys? Uh, what, what's that place called? Uh, here at, like, Movers, what's, like, the discount place in, like, the United States? It's got, like, suits. Uh, hey, three for one, or whatever the guy is. Uh, is it uh, Joseph Abid? Yeah, 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 that's the guy. That's the guy. No, yeah, Jobby JJ. What's 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 the cheap? Oh suit yeah, JJ. What's uh, damn it? I just what's like, the uh, what's like the cheap uh, suit place? Is it uh, J Bead or J Bank or what's this? Joseph, Joseph, Joseph A Bank. Bank. Yeah, Joseph. So then, like, if you need like a hundred ninety nine dollar suit type thing, yeah. it's like in, Joseph, uh, what's it called? Canada Moors. Yeah, it's called Moops Moors. Yeah, like yeah. simply, you could walk into Joseph A Bank and throw down two hundred dollars and you get like eight bad dresses. You know, that's <laughs> kind of the way it works. To go to your bad office job? Yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest, though. You know, we're taking shots at Manny Machado. I've got some pretty tacky stuff, but I gave it oh. all away. I gave most For, of my clothes away. But. That's a good point. I saw some of the clothes in the bag. You don't own them anymore. They're somebody else's problem. Yeah. I had some <laughs> no, tacky, like, tacky jackets and... But I got the worst stuff, too. You know, my it's all got, like, for me, I don't have, like, a very big rotation. I got armpit stains from, like, deodorant cut, cutting through the material over years. Like, you see it. Like, my belly button's hanging. Oh, yeah, by the way, I went to the doctor today, Gabe. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, he says, uh, I was going to talk to Cardano about it. I want to wait till after the Super Bowl, but he's getting really concerned with that thing in my belly. He says if it doesn't you, pop back out. Uh, no, I'm like my. my no, I know. I don't have an earring. People, earring in there. Frank is understand. concerned. Stample's looking up. Like, what's up with Cam's belly button? He got his attention. No, it's a her. It's a hernia. So basically, yeah, and it's no joke. And it's really big. Yeah, it's kind of it's over the top, guys. So Cam, what's Cam? You still have that like crazy rash on your stomach too? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> The cream didn't, it worked for a bit, and then it's just, you it, know what it is? And when I put on pants, it's like I'm allergic. I, I don't know what the hell's going <laughs> You're on. You're allergic that's to why, pants. That's why I told Cardano, I go, I, I, he's like, oh, we're going to get you on, like, wearing stuff on the webcam. I'm like, but if I have to put on more pants, my sore's going to get worse, you know? Like, I'm already lathered up in cream. Like, I'm really hurting, Gabe. I had a bad, I, I, I actually, I have better than 20-20 vision. That's the only thing that went well today. He goes, God, you got great eyesight. <laughs> I go, thanks, man. Like, I, I did the whole eye chart, but. Uh, so, yeah, Cam's yeah, got a rash, but remember we were Kidding. I've never seen anything like this. But inside the size of, of like three marbles now. Inside of Cam's belly button, there's like a mini golf ball. Yeah, and it's but it looks all like pink and red. And it's something yeah. that I personally would like probably like cut open myself in a sheer rage and panic. Like I don't know how you're just commonly living with this for months. And that it's rash. Not easy. Yeah, so it's you've not, got you've, yeah. you've got this golf ball there, so now you're saying there's multiple ones. 
Um, yeah. So what's the no, deal? Told, what, what did the doctor yeah. say? Eventually, you're going to have uh, to get this thing taken out. He sa- he says it's okay for now, but he goes there is a concern. He goes right now I can like I could pop it in and out. He goes if it stays in, you have a medical emergency and you got to go to the hospital and they got to cut it out. He goes it's probably not going to happen for a couple years, but he goes I take a, I, I take it uh, you know take care of the problem as soon as possible. Yeah, it's like, what are the one these you don't want to wait to the last second. Yeah, what are your yeah, methods? I know. What are the methods? There's two ways of doing it. They cut me open from the front and they like yank it out, or they do cameras. They do both sides and then they go in with another one. I go, just give me yeah, go the one the that's. Uh, go with the cameras. I, no, no, no. Actually, he suggested the first one. He said, no, it, no, no, it, no. It's good. No, no, no. You got to understand, man. The, the other one leaves huge scars. This one, the the other one is just no. going to be like a little bit of a scar. Cameras oh, are have good. a huge liner. Yeah, cameras. I've got, I've got a couple of cameras. I had cameras. I had camera surgery in my stomach. Got a couple of little scars. Come on. I don't know. If you want to get sliced open, go ahead. But <laughs> Anyway, it was a really tough day today. Yeah, I feel sorry for I, you. I, 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 I drive my parents to the airport, too. I almost got in a huge accident. It's just been an awful. Like, I just, 5.30 in the morning, Gabe, I just went to the doctor. Anyway, we'll talk about sports. But, uh, yeah, he says the marble's got to come out pretty soon because it's getting uh, well, it's, get, it's getting. Just, just, Jesse Lapine just uh, topped himself here. <laughs> Too good. I haven't seen it yet. Here's Cam. Cam in the fleece, yeah. This <laughs> is too much. It actually fits you. <laughs> of course it'll fit me. It's huge. I love you as the guy in the background with the horse with the with the program rolls up. Ah, damn fourth race at Belmont. Ah, nice picks. Yeah. I'm looking behind you. Good pick, Cam, in a third there, buddy. Like I can live with Manny's like outfit, but it's the the Cougar Prince just the one that's just it's a step too yeah. far. It is. Like it even is. the yellow I can live with. It's pretty bad though. It's yeah. stupid. And congratulations, like congratulations to Shano. Shano's a big, uh, Shano's I'm a big Shano, fan. I'm meeting Shano tonight, actually. I think uh, me, uh, uh, Sonny, Taylor, I think we're going to go to uh, Real Sports because Shano's in town only for one more night. So I'm going to make my way down to the city, and we're going to watch the games at, uh, at the sports bar. Oh, Tro- Shano's in Toronto. I was unaware of that. Yeah, so uh, after the show, I'm gonna you know pack up my pack up the stuff and head into the city, my friend. Good stuff. Enjoy yourselves uh, tonight. We will. Detroit Rock City. Get it up. Cre- crazy game last night with the Pistons there. Holy jeez. Yeah, Blake Griffin dropped fifty. Nuts. Lou from Gamblu. Lou. 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 Lou from Gamblu.com will join us in the five o'clock hour. GTD continues. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. 
Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Ramsey. Lou from Gamblu.com will join us. It's like a uh, MMA trade proposal or something going on here today. Which, yeah, what, uh, what's going on with that? Like one guy from one federation to another, they can do that type of stuff. Yeah, I guess I, with I don't cash. Know. Dana White can do whatever he wants. Cam, he can. He's the boss. I guess that's the deal. Whatever he wants, is he, he wants. Um, it's funny though. It's two guys: Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse Johnson. Dana White never liked them, so it's not surprised that he'd be the first guy to get treated. And Ben Askren, Dana White doesn't like. Uh, doesn't like Ben Askren either. It's one of the weirdest. It's one of the weirdest stories ever. So, if current plans come to fruition, two very prominent MMA fighters will have new employers. UFC won championships. They're currently working on a trade. It would see former UFC flyweight Demetrius Johnson head to one championship. Uh, while uh, the Asian promotions welterweight title Ben Askren would make his new home with the UFC. The people requesting non because not authorized to speak. Phone initial and people close there to finalizing the deal. Current potentially may sign with him. Uh, wow. I, you know, what the hell does it mean? What's it mean? Like, it's just, uh, it means that the UFC doesn't want Mighty Mouse Johnson and doesn't care about yeah. Mighty Mouse Johnson and that, that, you know, it's essentially, it's not a trade. Both companies have agreed to allow each other's fighters out of their respective contracts. Yes. Yeah. Good way of putting it. Yeah. So basically, you know, UFC is saying, listen, We've got this guy under contract. We really don't like him all that much. You guys want him? You want to pay him? You know, you work it out with him. So it doesn't mean at all now you get to stiff him and he doesn't get his money because then there would be a problem. So I guess the UFC, an unnamed UFC source, says they're working out the details. So I would imagine that. You know, Mike Mouse doesn't make a ton of money, but he gets paid pretty decently. They've never liked him. You know, he never, he's a small dude. I hate to say it, but people don't pay attention to the smaller fighters. And he's run his mouth a lot. So Dana White's never been a fan of his. So he probably figured, listen, we don't really care about this guy. Let him go to fight this other company. And, uh, you know, now the other company won one uh, championship. Has to say, all right, we got to come to terms with the guy. But one, one FC's always been known to have money. So they'll come to terms, and they'll be happy to have the credibility of a Demetrius Johnson. And for, for sure, Dana White will let Ben Askren in. Now, Ben Askren is an undefeated fighter. He's um, he's very good, but he's boring as hell. Like, he's one of these guys, you know, like, Khabib takes you down, but Khabib does it in a somewhat entertaining fashion because he'll beat you yeah, up. Yeah, and, 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 and then gives you sharp elbows and murders you while on the ground for yeah, a while, like, not just kind of hump, humping you, like right? Ben Askren is the definition of just humping you. Like, he'll take you down. It's boring as hell, but you can't stop it. Like, he will take you down, and he hasn't lost ever before. He was in Bellator, and he beat everybody, and he was supposed to go to the UFC, and he was about to sign with the UFC, but the UFC called his bluff. Like, he was basically in Las Vegas, about to sign with them, and he was literally in the office with the Fertitas and Dana White. And he asked for a certain amount. They countered. He, he countered again, and they said, all right, you know what? Um, you know, thanks for coming down, but if we, you know, good luck with that. And, like, he didn't even... UFC never even said, all right, listen, we'll give you this, take it or leave it. Like, they basically screwed him. Like, basically, people think, like, they insinuated to him we left Bellator that we're going to sign you. And, like, they even, they brought him to Vegas, they took him out for dinner, they sort of, you know, it was leaked that, yeah, yeah, you know, they're negotiating with Ben Askren, they just have to get the deal done now. And so, like, instead of playing a game, 
the UFC said, all right, you know what? Good luck with that. Not They didn't, like, even get angry. They were like, uh, you know, now that you screwed the company over that you just left, you know what? We don't, you know, we're not going to give you that, but we wish you the best of luck in the future. And then they told them, they patronized them, and then they told them, um, you know, you never really beat anybody in Bellator. Why don't you go to another company, a lower company, and fight and prove it to us? And then maybe we'll offer you big money. Because Ben Askren was like, hey, I'm like, you know, at the time I'm 13-0 and 0 or whatever, 15-0. and 0. He was a big-time college wrestler. Ben Askren used to always call out George St. Pierre. And he used to say, what are you scared of, George? I'm undefeated. You're undefeated. We're in the same weight class. And George St. Pierre used to just ignore him. And Dana White used to say he's not good enough. You know, that he, yeah. he beats nobodies. So after the UFC deal, he went to Thailand. Um, so one, one FC is out there in Asia. And I think they offered him, they gave him like two million bucks or something. So Ben Askren ended up getting a lot of money in the end, so it worked out for him. He got more money than the UFC was even offering anyways. So he got more money, and now I guess the UFC is, is you know, I'm not desperate, but, you know, they'll do this to UFC. They kept Cyborg, you know, the chick Cyborg Santos. Yeah. They kept her out of UFC forever and then said, all right, you can come in now. You know, they've done it with a few people where they'll sign you at the later stages of your career because you're not a threat and whatever. Like, Dana White doesn't have something to protect now. You know, like before, he didn't want Cyborg Santos in the UFC because she would have murdered Ronda Rousey. And he knew that, right? Yeah. Like, he never wanted Khabib fighting Conor McGregor because he knew what happened, and it happened. So, like, Dana White likes to protect certain fighters. He's damn right he does. He's got his favorites. He's got no one to protect now, so I guess he just figures whatever. Or his grudges up with Ben Affleck proved his point. You know, he's like these rich, rich guys. It's like a mercy, sympathy hire or whatever. Ah, let's yeah. let him fight a couple of times in the UFC. I don't care anymore. I'm not mad anymore. Like, Dana, Dana's a guy, and, you know, he kept Ben Askren out of the company. It's the bottom line. It's the only feder. It's the only sports uh, organization or federation that anything like this could ha- could happen. Uh, Drusilla brings up a good point. These guys are independent contractors, right, Morenci? And like you're going from one federation to another, it kind of it's the legalese of that situation would be kind of interesting, don't you think? Like it's very very odd. Like you'd never see this in any other type of uh, type of sport or any other any other league federation. This is like strictly. Is this just in the fight game? Because I haven't ever heard of anybody like this. No, I don't even know what a comparison would be. It's essentially. You know, you know what a good comparison is, and the, the only thing I would say would be it's like the English soccer leagues and the European soccer leagues when they transfer players, right? Where there's not really a yeah, trade. Yeah. It's like, all right, you can take this guy for four months. We still own his rights. Yeah, you know, we'll loan you a player, or yeah. you know, the transfer of a player. You give us money, and we'll give you this player. So I, I think that's the only thing. But it's, yeah, it's kind of strange. It's almost like being in the NBA. It was the UFC, and then being told we're trading you to the the Australian Basketball League, the NBL. <laughs> it is. Thanks, guys. No, it exactly. is. It's like it's listen, crazy. Like I mean, you're you're Demetrius Johnson. You were the UFC champion, right? He lost this. You know, the guy won Cam like twenty eight fights in a row or something stupid. No, he's amazing. I know, the guy was one of the best champions ever. He never got Why's in trouble. Got a problem because he Why's got a problem with him because he doesn't talk smack. He's not a jerk. And he's a small guy that didn't do well on pay-per-views. So Dana never respected him. Dana never respected him. If you remember, Mighty Mouse Johnson's the guy that started playing video games on Twitch. And he said, uh, they said, why do you spend so much time playing video games? He said, because I make money on Twitch playing video games, and I do being a UFC champion. <laughs> 
That's amazing. So Dana White was spiteful and then said, well, maybe if he drew somebody, he'd make more money. Like, he was a champion who was making, like, 90000 a fight. You know what I mean? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, like, put in context, that's crazy like, Heath, Heath Herring was getting, like, 120000 a fight years ago. And he wasn't even champion. Right? Like, you know, there's guys in the UFC that are getting 200K. You know, there's other guys that are getting less. The thing is, it's like, yeah, you're the champion, but it is true. Nobody likes you. You know, no, nobody comes to, uh, no, nobody's paying. Uh, all right, and uh, we're getting, uh, somebody saying here, that the UFC's just probably want to getting, getting rid of the division as a whole, which is, it makes sense. It's, it doesn't draw for them. It doesn't draw for them. I mean, I've seen Mighty Mouse fights where he's the main event and people leave. It's kind of insulting. They leave. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it's just, he never lost, so it was boring. He ran around like he was so fast, Cam, that it almost gave you a headache. Like, too little. like watching two jockeys fight. You know what I mean? Like, they're buzzing around out there. Fast jockeys. Yeah, but if you remember the old days, and, you know, I don't know, we're getting pretty detailed here. But if you remember the old days, there was the, um, the w, uh, WCW. Yep. Uh, I do remember. WEC, WCW. WCW is the wrestling one. I, I, w- I know. I was like, hey, I remember. World Extreme Cage Fighting. Yeah, WCW and EW, exactly, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. But that's, yep. there were all the lower weight classes. That's where Uriah Faber came from. That's where Leonard Garcia came from. The Korean Zombie came from, etc. You know, that's where the lower weight classes fought. You know, the UFC tried. It just didn't work. And, you know, I, I think trying to, they might get rid of one of the chick uh, lower weight class divisions, too. You know, they're just in the, in the business of, you know what I mean, we can't find enough 115-pound girls that are good at this, right? I mean, that's that's basically the gist of it. How many guys weigh 125 pounds are there in the world yeah. that are elite fighters? Exactly. And, and that was the problem. Thing, yeah. Like, Demetrius Johnson, he fought the same. Like, Cam, he ran the table like two, three times. He fought everybody. He gave everybody a match, and no point. And then nobody saw no But if everyone fights him over and over and over, eventually he's going to lose. So he did. So yeah. Hudo beat him. But it was just boring. No one was into it. You know. Yeah, that's the thing. And and you know what, Dana? He's all about money. If you've seen that routine one, two, three, multiple times, it's kind of like stupid, right? So you said it. If people were walking away. Why the hell would we want to do that, too? It actually makes business sense to get some of those divisions. You Don't you think? Like They're all about the money in the long run. They can say whatever the hell they want. It's about the bottom line. It's about getting rich. Well, hopefully we can get uh, rich at uh, some point, Cam. Uh, we didn't win the see, last well, well, no, we didn't. We didn't. You didn't win the Powerball. We didn't win uh, uh, the, the our lineup in, uh, in DraftKings with the NBA. We didn't have Blake Griffin. But, Gabe, we keep on trying. Hey, they say if you don't play, you can't win, right? So we just got to keep on going back. I saw a great uh, tweet here from our boys over at the Greek Sportsbook. Good guys over there. Um, where is it? Um, well, here it is. Uh, yeah, they just tweeted. One in ten people will be involved in a car accident while texting and driving. And they say, won't be me. One in 302 million people win the lottery. Hey, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Somebody won in South Carolina. Really? Yeah, that's where the winner was. Gamecock country. Well, good for them. Good for them. It's funny, too, because everyone here in New York and New Jersey, like, basically said that no one ever wins in New York and New Jersey. That they they knew that uh, the winner wouldn't be coming from here. They knew the winner would be from, like, uh, like Michelle Serpico was convinced. She was like, it'll be somewhere like Iowa or Kansas or something like that. Well, and you know, in, in our lottery, a lot of people from Quebec complain. 
they get screwed. Like there used to be contests everywhere in Canada, but excluding Quebec. Well, there, like, you know there's what I mean? a conspiracy against Quebec. Yeah, yeah, it's damn right. Like I'm not even I'm not from Quebec like you are, but I notice it is a it is the conspiracy is true. You don't even have they, they can't even hide it. It's so bad. It's embarrassing. Like Coca Cola and Pepsi and Frito Lay and all these companies would have contests. I remember. You know what it is. You know why it is. Collect the st- because why is that? they have to make the um, they have to make the contest bilingual. And the, package, French, the yeah. packaging and the marketing is not worth it. So they choose not to. It's not like, wow. yeah, it's not that, it's not that, um, Ben, what they'll do, Cam, so you'll see that all the time. It is, it is frustrating. I used to get angry at, at times, too. And in the, it's, and like the being, it's like being in Hawaii, Alaska and Hawaii. Yeah, Alaska and Hawaii. Yeah, exactly it's like everyone can thing. win this exactly. contest except you in Montreal, you bastard. You know what I mean? That's the way they It's you, true. Because anyway, people get mad at Quebec about it. They're like, what the hell? But there's always a Quebec equivalent to the contest. You know what I mean? Like if Doritos is giving away two tickets to whatever, Bon Jovi's concert and VIP, whatever, They'll do it exclusively in Quebec, where they'll just do it in French. Hey, that's cool. Like, they don't want to make, like, imagine, imagine, like, they have to make a bunch of billboards in two languages. Everything's in two languages suddenly. Uh, they extra don't like money, that. extra money. Yeah, uh, it's a it's pain true. in the ass. You know what I mean? And the, in Quebec, you can't do anything unless it's in French. Like, it's illegal to have an English sign up. Like, it's pretty crazy. Which is very, very <laughs> weird, because... I'm from there, and people like it's it's a very free place, right? It's not like some crazy place, but when it comes to the language, they are very, very they're nut jobs. You know, what I mean, like uh, <laughs> they're they're nut jobs about this stuff. Yeah, well, they they have to be right. They have to they have to protect their culture, right? Well, that's the deal. How would, you, how would you how would you feel if you were French and everything was in English all the time? Like, really? That's in my backyard. Like, I, I get their point of view. It's frustrating, and, and I wish the, I wish it wasn't so divisive for for the rest of the country. But I, but I look at their points of view, and I understand. I know, but what's, what's, I don't get mad about what's it. What's funny is they don't mind a Chinese, so it can be Chinese, but they can't be English. Ooh. <laughs> that's great. Like they don't mess with that's people great. in Chinatown or anything. Like no, you, no, don't mess with them. There's actually a language police. Really? Like, yeah, they don't have guns, but like, it's not like they show up with a cop. Oh, they got what? Tasers? No, no, it's like city, like city, whatever. <laughs> like they walk around and they're like, all right. A hooked on phonics, a hooked on phonics cassette. Yeah, like they're like, <laughs> what all right. They, you what do they got? <laughs> they, they're like, you got too much English in your store. Like yeah, you can yeah. have an English sign up, but you have to have like a bigger French one type thing. It's That's like, amazing. it's sort of, yeah, it's this constant. <laughs> it's this you constant. You too much English yeah. in your story. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, another thing in Quebec. Um. It's against the law. Like, you can file a complaint unless you get greeted in French when you walk in a store. Like, if so you walk into Walmart really? and they say, hello, you can yep. file a complaint and say, yo, yo, you didn't say hello to me in French. You got to say, allo. Allo. <laughs> allo. Exactly. Yeah. Au revoir. Hello in French uh, is with an A. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's like Kramer when he went to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, yeah, they had to say, um, they had to smile and say, how are you doing? How are you? And uh, so Kramer went to the bank and everyone said, hey. <laughs> they smiled at him. He's like, you didn't say, how you doing? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, as far as the lottery is concerned, though, nice line from uh, Juju uh, Smooth, uh, Smith-Schuster, kid on the Steelers. He said, uh, damn, didn't win the lottery. He was hoping to win the lottery so I could sign Le'Veon Bell to come back. 
<laughs> nice. In other words, he's saying, James Con- in other words, he's saying, James just, just, just pay the guy. Yeah. Right? Like, you know what's funny? Pittsburgh Steelers have more money than if you won the lottery. You won the lottery last night. You got $1.6 billion. After taxes, it was like $500 million, I think. Um, when it was all said and done, the payments and all that. Um, Steelers organization has more than $1.6 billion. Still don't want to pay the man. No, they don't. I wonder how that's gonna. I wonder how it's gonna go down because Connor's been so damn good and his story. It, it changes things a little bit. He's not just some average guy, local pit, pit, well, pit he's, panther, he's done cancer that. survivor. What? Oh, Le- I mean, Le'Veon Bell. He might play a few games this year. He doesn't yeah. have to be back. And it's funny. Everyone in the media keeps falling for this all the time. Reports are he'll be back in week four. Reports are in week seven. Guys, he doesn't have to be back until November the 8th or 9th. He'll be back November wow. the 8th or 9th. Whatever the the final exactly. day legal is for his contract, he'll walk through that door. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Back to live action, fellas. Speaking of the UFC, it's good timing, actually. We're just talking MMA. Uh, Lou Gamble is going to join us. I'm seeing here Joe Rogan on Logan Paul. Um, you know who Logan Paul is, Cam? Probably not. Who's Logan Paul? No, I didn't know who Logan Paul was either until recently when I saw he, I think he filmed a suicide or he filmed a dead body or something. Uh, Logan Paul. He's like a, yeah, he's like a YouTube douche type thing. Yeah? He's like this, yeah, he's like this kid. He goes around on YouTube. He does crazy stunts and whatever. He's got a ton of followers on YouTube, but he lost a lot of them. He's, he upsets people all the time, essentially, this guy. So, um, so basically, like, Logan Paul wanted to fight. Logan Paul keeps calling everyone out. Like, Des Bryant wants to fight him. And um, now he's calling out Canelo Alvarez. And <laughs> the guy here versus a boxer? Yeah, yeah but it's like, it's, it's, it's like I, I, like, I, like, uh, I like Nick Diaz, too. Then uh, Nick Diaz is calling out Canelo Alvarez. Saying he can't box and fight me. It's because Canelo just signed a $365 million deal. It's like, guys... Like, it's kind of pathetic watching all these mixed martial artists grovel at boxers trying to get their attention. Yeah. It's like, dude, like, Canelo Alvarez doesn't know who Nick Diaz is. It's you know great, what I mean? Like, he point. doesn't know who you are. He He's doesn't, not fighting And he you. doesn't care. He just he signed a $365 million <laughs> deal. And I like Nick Diaz. I don't want to, I'm not trying to rag him, yeah. but. It's like, no, I like him, on, too. Dude. I like both of them. So, anyways, Joe Rogan's talking about Logan Paul coming to the UFC. So, Joe Rogan's saying Logan Paul can fight for real, actually. And, um, you know, he says he's way better than CM Punk is. But I like Joe Rogan, too. But, you know, I don't remember Joe Rogan saying that CM Punk was a big joke when Joe Rogan was doing CM Punk fights on UFC broadcasts. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, now, yeah, I don't know, dude. I mean, all these guys are so full of it in MMA. 
You know, so what? So Rogan sells it that CM Punk can train and he's good, and now that he's not in it. Oh, he sucks, and I knew he sucked. I was just saying this to you to scam you, right? But Feels essentially, yeah, well, we all knew that in the first place. Let's bring in the Lou, gamblu.com. Lou! Lou. What's up, Lou? Gentlemen, how, not too much. Uh, anxious to spend a few minutes with... Uh, you and Cam, Gabriel, how's the how's the week going? Hey, nice. Uh, well, besides like sixteen <laughs> bomb threats in New York today. Yeah, uh, seriously. Other than that, it's all right. But uh, nice connection this week, Lou. You sound uh, crystal clear. Yeah, I got my I got my little earpiece back. Last week, I had to uh, just speak into the dang phone. It was it, it was terrible. But yeah, I normally earpieces aren't good, but this you've got a good one. It sounds good. Yeah, Lou's got that. Yeah, Lou paid money for his earpiece quality. So Lou, I know generally. Sorry, Lou, go ahead. No, no, go on. I was going to say I know generally you don't. Um, you're not. You don't care. You, you're not into the UFCs, the MMA stories, unless there's a number on it, a point spread on it per se. You're like, well, I can't bet it, so I don't. I don't really concern myself with these issues. But me and Cam were just talking. I don't know if you heard about a weird potential trade in which they're going to trade Demetrius Johnson to Thailand and 1FC, and Ben Askren would be sent from 1FC to the UFC. So you can call it a trade. Essentially, they're both just being let out of their contracts and both going to get signed in their respective companies. But, you know, they're calling it a trade, and it seems to be happening, actually. It hasn't gone through yet, but... Is it really a trade? No. You know, and I brought it up earlier. They've never liked Mighty Mouse Johnson. And as, as great of a champion and as, as good of a role model and ambassador as he was for the sport, fans never really embraced him. They never really embraced the smaller guys. And I think probably they're just going to wipe out the, the flyweight division as a whole, Lou, to be honest. Well, first of all, uh, I have not even had one second to process what you just told me, but uh I'll say this. I have nothing but respect for Demetrius Johnson. I, lo- I absolutely love the idea of the, of the business situation, whether it's a trade, a contractual agreement, however we want to call it. The fact that uh, Johnson gets to do something positively for him and go fight in front of fans, I think, that are more capable of uh, enjoying his expertise, which I grade uh, as at the top three pinnacle of all-time UFC. Uh, but you're right, the, the smaller guys just don't gain traction. And yet, while the UFC allows Johnson to uh, pursue a, a better outlook for himself, they also gain by getting Askren. And, and I might note that I don't know what Dean and Askren's beef's been all this time. I think mostly it's because Askren's just going to take all these potent strikers and drag them to the ground and choke them out. Um, and the USC doesn't want that kind of show. They want striking shows. But the fact that they're bringing him in is a positive. And if this news is true, I'm 100% for it. Lou, you think so? Um, you think Ben Askren comes in and has an impact in the UFC right now still? Oh, immediate. I, 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 yeah, I think there's there's not only capability there, but I think the guy's got a burr in his ass and wants to go out and show a few of these guys uh, that he can fight. I, know, I believe strongly 
that he's an immediate top ten when he walks in. I can't I can't disagree with an immediate uh, top ten. If you recall, I mean, it seemed like it was a, a all but a um, it was all but a certainty actually that uh, they were going to to sign him before the pass, but. Then they talked about, well, he never really beat anybody in Bellator, and he's not on this level. Because you remember Ben Askren used to want a sort of a super fight against George St. Pierre at the time. Yeah, and I don't think George St. Pierre wants, wanted or wants anything to do with that. Interesting. I, you really think, <laughs> you think George St. Pierre is scared of anybody? I don't think George St. Pierre wants Askren now. George St. Pierre wants money fights where he can, and, and he may take it for the money, but I think George is, is a little bit more, uh, let me say it this way. George sees Anderson Silva and then another fight or two after that, which I think is half of the problem. Uh, he's not going to put Askren in his way. I, I, I really believe Askren would be minus 180 against George if they fought right today or in the next two months wow. myself. And quite Ooh. honestly, I think I'd get the price the opposite. I think George would come the buck 70, and I would get Askren as a dog, and I would lot that up like a, a Doberman uh, that hadn't eaten in a week. Yeah, well, we'll see what uh, Joey Odessa. We'll see what Joey Odessa has to say about uh, about all of this. Love Lucy. Love, love to hear his take. Joey sets the lines, and and Joey knows. Uh, I'd I'd love to hear his take. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll pop it off on Twitter. I mean, Joe Joey loves this stuff. Actually, Joey does like the hypotheticals and the gossip, and he loves. You know, he just. It's his life, so he's he's down with all that stuff. So um, UFC Fight Night 138. This is the card, uh, Cam. This is the one in Moncton, New Brunswick. Yeah, I like it. I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys too because Lou's usually like a Doberman. <laughs> he's a dog player, and I want to ask both of you guys. Uh, Ozdemir, I remember Lou. You were talking about when it was a buck eighty. I'm seeing a buck fifty on my site now. A buck fifty five. Average out, maybe I'm going across the board here, 160. And you said he was going to crush Anthony Smith, who's uh, by, by my uh, recollection from your neck of the woods in Omaha there. Right there, Lou? Well, let, uh, let me Good kind memory, of tune in. Yeah, yeah, a week ago, actually a week ago on this show, Cam, I was boasting that I got Ozdemir at 165. At the time we were yeah. talking, the price, in fact, was 185. And so now by waiting a week and looking, you can shop and catch 160. But I tell you what's happening is there's more name recognition for Anthony Smith here. Most of the young gambling UFC people in America know Anthony Smith, uh, but they don't know as much about Ozdemir. Ozdemir's had fewer fights, and they see Anthony Smith has destroyed a bunch of guys almost as old as me in his recent fights. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, I do like Ozdemir. I took him minus 165 uh, at openers, and now I'm just going to watch and see. I would tell people to be patient because it could continue to drop, but really at minus 160, I think Ozdemir is offering value because I think he's minus 190 or 195 in this fight based on the fact that both of these guys are strikers and finishers, and I just don't believe in the body of work from Anthony Smith. As you mentioned, Anthony Smith has feasted on 
older fighters at the end of their careers, a bigger name, Shogun Hua. Shogun's been done for a while. Rashad Evans been done for a while. Thiago Santos been done for a while. You know, so we, you know, and he just he sort of looks the part too, Cam. Right? He, he looks yeah. like a Anthony Smith looks like a a MMA fighter that would Tough be guy. that would be cast in a movie if you're casting an MMA fighter. <laughs> you know, like what what the general public thinks? Bald guy, bad tattoos. You know what tattoos. I mean? Bald For guy, sure. bad tattoos. He just sort of looks uh, like the generic fighter, but he's beaten actually you know, absolutely nobody. You get Ozdemir, and you know what Ozdemir looks like? He's a dead ringer for Cicero from the WWE. He looks just like Chris right. Cicero. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like him. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But Ozdemir can fight, and Louis has been training at TriStar. He's been, uh, he's been set up shop in Montreal preparing for this with Moncton, uh, New Brunswick, right down the road from Montreal, Quebec. Yeah, I think it's a really good spot for Ozdemir. I think he's a, a quality fighter based on – his dominating performances against top guys like uh, Jimmy Manawa, to name one, uh, uh, your Canadian friend, uh, Misha uh, Serkinov, who yeah. wasn't up and I mean, he got short-circuited uh, by Ozdemir. And Oben St. Preu. Uh, this is a you know short price on Ozdemir. You know Ozdemir. You know what, in his earlier days, like you said, he's a good stand-up fighter, good kick game, uh, you know, pretty good fight IQ. His, his his problem has sort of been, you know, a little bit of grappling, takedown. I've seen, you know, earlier in his career, I remember Ozdemir a couple of times when he would be against the cage and he really couldn't get out of it. And But he's gotten better at that. And the thing is, Anthony Smith doesn't do that stuff. Anthony Smith's going to be looking to knock him out. And I think that's a dangerous way to fight Ozdemir because Ozdemir's stand-up. He's a very good counterfighter. He's a good kickboxer. Ozdemir is very comfortable standing up, Lou. And Anthony Smith isn't going to try to take him down. I think he's just going to try to knock his head off. I I think you're right. Smith is going to be, you know, three inches taller, have have length on on arms and legs, and want to get to keep this thing out at striking distance. But Smith doesn't do Smith doesn't well with guys that are intimidated by his size. But uh, Ozdemir, quite honestly. Yeah, he lost to Dan Cormier, but go watch that fight close. Dan Cormier was very concerned in the first round of that fight. Ozdemir showed well in that loss. And I just think we have a different grade of fighter here. I do believe Anthony Smith has looked great, and this is a great resurgence for him to you know, get in there, catch lightning in a bottle, and make some money. But this is a very bad spot for him. And like I say, I, I got insides uh, on him, uh, and all I'm really prepared to share is that there's definitely some distractions in this young man's life. And if you're telling me Ozdemir is up there at TriStar, looks like the only distraction he has is how soon he can get to the octagon for the for the uh, belt around one in this fight. Well, speaking of uh, distractions, Artem Lobov has always been a distraction, part of the team Connor. Uh, big, big underdog against Michael Johnson. I thought they fired him. I thought they fired Lobov, but whatever. Not that I really care. Um, <laughs> Michael Johnson, though, minus 625 favorite, Lou. I'm not taking Lobov, but it seems a little excessive for Michael Johnson to be a minus 600 favorite. 
a guy that's two and five in his last seven comes with six hundred. I, I, mean, I, I just think. Uh, Are you that, blindly going to sure. do a low buff, little sprinkle, just for the sake of it? <laughs> well, I'm going to keep my yapper shut till it gets to five hundred, <laughs> and then probably probably do something like that. Uh, you got to remember those parlay playing pukes are going to be on Mike Johnson like they got the next day's sports page. <laughs> and which leads us into the next one: Misha Serkinov and oh, Patrick yeah. Cummins. Misha Serkinov, another one who looks the part. Yeah, he's the one that choked me out, Lou, and put me yeah, rub my face in the fence uh, in a yeah. TV commercial once. But uh, Misha Serkinov, <laughs> nice guy, actually. Uh, we know him, but I don't trust him as minus 500 either, Lou, here. That's crazy. Like, he shouldn't be. Patrick Cummings, Patrick Cummings is a good wrestler. We know that. You know, he seems to be a little spent now, and I know he's been caught a couple of times, Cummings, but... I'm not saying, hey, I like Cummings here, but I wouldn't lay minus 450 with Sirkinoff here either. Totally agree with your assessment of that. Sirkinoff is going to have to show us he can deal with the wrestler, and Cummings is surely not going to want to stand out at range and give Misha his only shot, which is a Sunday punch. So where this fight takes place is where it's going to be, is who's going to win, and I think that you know, I think if Cummins can survive a first round that's going to be, you know, somewhat arduous, I think he's got a shot. Fight goes to the decision, plus 200. I could see this being a really ugly, uh, if you like Cummins and you think he can overachieve, he can maybe make this ugly on Sirkinov and make it an ugly uh, decision. Fight goes to decision, plus 200. That ain't so bad. Any thoughts on the uh, Sukamath uh, fight? Uh, no thoughts at all. That that young man, Sukamath, uh, in his fight against Sean O'Malley, displayed for me uh, IQ so poor that I'm going to have a hard time betting him the next one or two fights. He's going to have to show me something uh because he showed me, I don't want to call him names, but, but that display of fight IQ in that O'Malley fight was the worst I've seen in my whole life. Uh, hey, t- guys. Yep. Gabe. Ed Herman's still fighting, Gabe. Yeah. That guy's been around. I love, he's been, that was smiling, 11 years. Oh, my God. I love and I'll tell you, here's another one, Cam. Gian Volante can't be trusted as a minus 250 favorite. Herman. Volante doesn't have the best fight IQ either. He'll just sort of stand there and bang, and that's right in Herman's wheelhouse. I look forward to getting Lou's take on that. On the other side of this break, Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Throwing it down to Raging Red and Cam Stewart. More MMA, and we'll get into the NFL on the other side, too. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. Knock, 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 knocking knock, on yep. Cam's door. Door. I might be yeah, knocking a lot on of Cam's door this weekend. Yeah, yeah, time to knock on my door. I told you, the place is open. I wish I, I wish it was a fold-out couch, buddy, or then you wouldn't have to spend the uh, night at the hotel. But it's it's pretty good if you curl up, you know. Anyway, <laughs> door's open, Marenzi. Door's open. I'll also get you a list of uh, uh, nice establishments near uh, the Metalworks uh, studio for you. There's there's a couple uh, in the area. I don't want to have to spend too much money. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm gonna I'm gonna check out uh, some various establishments actually. Speaking of which, nice. are the establishments open yet, or is it online? How's that stuff going? Oh, it's a, it's, it's a nightmare, Gabe. It's a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. I'm gonna, actually going to have to help you in that direction. The, the packaging alone is worth, like, it's it's hilarious. Like, for one little bit, like, that's where the, all the jokes are right now. You think it would come in a, a manila envelope, but it's got, like, the bubble wrap and the big thing. Like, th- this is a nightmare. Everyone is ripping it. It couldn't have been a worse start to, to, to the legalized business here. It is big problems. Like, they are really suffering right now. Like, people are just mocking them. Yeah, I don't know why they overregulate. Sixteen bucks a gram, too. Like it's it's actually funny. The commercials are like, "Why are you legalizing marijuana?" And then they're like, "Oh, get the black market out." Well, you've just actually increased it because you're charging astronomical prices. These guys in charge don't know what they're doing. It's frustrating. Anyway. It's actually sad to hear. Well, a lot of people are very a lot of people are very frustrated. Lou, Gamblu, Lou never frustrates us. Uh, talking. No, to, but but I got I have. Before you get started, Gabe, sorry to interrupt. I got to say, I don't know who's at the controls running music over there, but last week, and I didn't get to say anything then, but I made a point to saying it this week, he's playing like something from the vintage Who, like Quadrophenia, in one, coming into one break. The next one was The Stones. Today he's knocking it out of the park. I don't know who that East Coast dude is behind those controls playing the music, but he's getting two thumbs up from me. Oh, yeah. It's our boy Yang. Yang. Oh, Yang's getting a lot of love here. Yang. Yeah, it's interesting love because yeah, Yang, Yang's a lack of uh, knowledge of rock music was an issue here uh, in his early days. <laughs> but now now Yang's getting credit for, for busting out. He's like an FM DJ. You know? He can work at like a FM radio station. <laughs> yeah, Q- Q- Yang, Yang is the man. Yeah, yeah. This is your boy Yang on a Friday night. We're going to kick it old school. Little who. <laughs> Little who action. Um... Okay, so we're talking about the Ed Herman fight here with Gian Valente. Uh, Gian Valente. My, me and Joey Gino Odessa's, Vanelli? Yeah, me and, me and Joey Odessa's nemesis, Valente. So Valente's always a big favorite, and he really shouldn't be. He's an entertaining fighter because he'll just stand in the middle of the cage and he'll bang. You know, he's supposedly a wrestler who doesn't wrestle. I know he played some football before. Um, but, you know, he's an entertaining fighter, but it's a dangerous way to fight against Ed Herman. That's what Ed Herman wants to do, Lou. You're an underdog better. Is that Herman part of your portfolio? He's part of he, – he's, he's surely a look. Now, Delante's going to be the much bigger guy, and he's five years younger. So uh, there's, not enough re- there's not enough physical reach. Herman has an inch to, to really make me think that Herman's too live. However, you're right. Delante just goes in like a linebacker, and he doesn't use IQ. He uses – he uses linebacker IQ, which is when you get your bell rung, you just stick your nose in there harder the next time. So Herman has a chance, and he'll be a guy. That'll be one I'm watching uh, at weigh-ins. Uh, right now I see that that thing opened 200, and and he's still hovering around there. Uh, we'll watch seeing that 250, one. A, Lou. 250 for uh, Volante. That's a, that's a lot of juice. 
If you're looking at the Volante, looking at Herman, he's plus 200 somewhere. Oh, yeah. And those those numbers, as we get closer to fight time, those numbers, the various books, I, I usually quote Pinnacle, that'll end up tightening into a 20-cent line. So you'll get a little bit better uh, number as, as we go f- go uh, closer, but uh, I'm not interested, I'm not running to take Volante at a dog, or as a favorite, no. Another fighter uh, with TriStar Connections, Alex Garcia, the Dominican Nightmare, uh, taking on Court McGee. What does Court McGee have left in the tank here, Lou? Um, I thought McGee was like close to tapping out and retiring, to be honest. You know, it was a nice, nice story, Court McGee, what he's done with his life, uh, but he hadn't been very successful in the cage. And then you got Alex Garcia, who I always thought was a little bit overrated. Uh, but Garcia is a very dangerous fighter for the first round. Is it a fair number with Garcia at minus 190? Probably. Uh, this is not a – again, usually when I don't have a huge opinion on the fight, it's, it's probably well-lined or there's something I don't like. As far as McGee, I really don't like his ability to be a viable uh, UFC fighter any longer. However, as a human being, I think he's one of the top ten guys of all time just because what you mentioned, he has turned his life around, and you want to pull for a guy like that. Uh, he's a wrestling-based fighter, and if he can get this into the second round, he has a shot. Uh, and that's about all I can say on the thing. That's the thing. Normally, I'd be looking, Cam, to bet against this, the um, uh, Alex Garcia guy. Yeah. You know, he looks impressive. He's ripped. He's really tough. But he's sort of an underachiever. And he also gasses fast in fights. So he comes out, and he looks like a killer. He's like a smaller Hector Lombard. Like, yeah. he comes out, and he looks like a killer for the first couple of minutes of the fight. But as the fight weighs on, he starts to fade. But his reputation and his pedigree always makes him a big favorite. So basically, Cam, he's like a football team. It's always like 21-point favorites, but they're not covering. They're, they win, but they don't cover. And then sometimes they'll get upset outright. But now, suddenly, they're only laying like five points. You know what I mean? Like, I look at this, yeah, Lou, know. and I look at and I just don't think McGee's the type of guy, the style of fighter that's going to beat Garcia. You know, close to Montreal. I don't like to put overstock in where they're fighting. But, like, New Brunswick, Lou, is right next to Montreal, Quebec. Like, they speak French in any area, and et cetera. Like, it's going, it's a yep. very home, you know, the Canadian fighters are at home, but the, the guys from Montreal are going to feel right at home. And, you know, Nordine Talib's on the card, et cetera. I think, you know, normally I bet against Garcia, but I think this is a good spot for him here at only minus 190. You know, it, it, when I look at this total on this fight, and I was doing so as you were speaking, uh, it's two and a half rounds, and it's minus two forty-five over. So if I tell you that, that, that to me that puts a, a, a damn blanket on my me liking Alex Garcia because yeah, Garcia they, yeah. I think has to finish him to win the fight. Yeah. And now they're going to give me an over two and a half and a minus two forty-five on the over. That just made me when I saw that. That just made me like Court McGee a little bit more, and I'm going to try and find a way. Uh, I'm going to try and find a way to like him come Saturday night, I think. All right, Lou. That does not seem core. Doesn't that that seem odd to you that the over-under would be two and a half? I mean, what's Garcia going to have in the the third round? We just talked about it. It's not like Garcia is the type of guy that, you know, cruises to victories, right? He either tries to knock your head off or he doesn't. Exactly. 
Or he gasses out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, so um, um, I don't know any other thoughts on some of these other uh, fighters on the card. We got Nordum Talib against uh, Sam Strickland. That fight's basically a pick 'em. Who's Fishgold? It, it is, but it didn't. Chris Excuse Fishgold, me, what a name. Yeah, we'll get to him Chris in a Fishgold. second. Chris <laughs> Fishgold. Great oh. handle. <laughs> what a name. Uh, uh, listen, uh, you know, Taleb is a guy that I have usually uh, been very incredulous about. Um, and he opened this fight minus 165. I'm, I'm quoting Pinnacle here because they're a sharp shop. And I can trust him. The five dimes lines anymore. Might as well be reading the funny papers. So uh, he opens 160. He's now down to a pick'em. Yeah, Strickland is long and lean and looks the part, but he's a complete decision machine. He's not that active, and I think there's value on Taleb. Don't let's not disrespect the bookmaker too much. You're giving me a guy that opens 165, and I can get him at a pick, and he's fighting at home. I think I like to lab in this fight. Selling me on it. <laughs> Lose a good salesman, Gabe. Selling, selling, selling me. Uh, selling me on this. I'm just trying to get the sure dog uh, up here for the the fight. I'm right. just trying to sell value. I'm just, you know, if there's some value there, that's what I'm trying to find. And I think we're getting the best of it, grabbing the hometown kid at a pick when he opened minus 165. Uh, I mean, I Strickland, but he, he's just, he's really. Uh, a capable fighter, and he's going to be nine years younger, you know? Uh, it's just he doesn't do anything with it. I, I've not been impressed. Uh, yeah, he stays at distance and has an effective jab, but I think Taleb will press the fight, make a move back. I think Taleb. Taleb's a big guy, too. He's very wide. He's he's stronger than people realize. Um, so what's up with this? The biggest uh, biggest uh, favorite on the, uh, the cards is Nasrat guy. Um, from from Afghanistan, Lou minus nine hundred favorite. Nine, holy jeez, pretty crazy number. Yeah, yeah, he's young and he's a maniac, and I've never thought too much of Goody. I just figure this was a this was a just a setup fight for Hakparast or however we want to pronounce his last name. Yeah, Hakparast. Uh, he definitely should be he he should definitely be a favorite here. Uh, you know, do you want to you want to take a, a, a you know some milk money and put Goody in the front end of some kind of goofy parlay play and puke play uh, maybe maybe uh, because I'll t- I like hey listen if, if I'm if I'm having a little fun uh, and there's a plus 800 or a plus 900 fight coming on it's hard for me not to have a little bit a little something on it just in case and make the make the heavy chalk earn it uh, Cam, uh, you were a fan of the name uh, Chris Fishgold. Fishgold, like our old buddy Goldfarb, but it's uh, Fishgold. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me about your, Fishgold. Your name's Fishgold. Fish your name's Fishgold, Cam. You better be a tough guy. Exactly. <laughs> Grew up in Liverpool, yeah. too. Liverpool, oh, nice. England. What a, what a name. A hey, boy f- named Sue. Hey, Fishgold. <laughs> Give me your lunch money. <laughs> Fishgold. Hey, Fishgold. <laughs> He's seventeen and one. Oh, he's amazing! He's amazing. Well, let's. I want. Let's see the. Let's see the guy. Let's see the last. The record of the last guy he's fought. Nine he's a dog, f- though. Well, he's nine and four. The time before well, he's that. Undefeated, undefeated since two thousand and fifteen, and he's a cage warriors lightweight champion at seventeen one and one. Yeah. He, and, and I can tell you, the submission. That's guy. what Conor McGregor was, right? Cage warriors champion. Uh. 
So, you know, and he, he's, he's had some chokes, uh, you know, he'll grapple a little bit, but he's in against a monster that's going to be so much bigger than him. And I, I really haven't been able to find uh, enough information on Fishgold. I, can't, I don't know how old he is, which, you know, these, these are things I try and, and try and understand. And, uh, and so I just don't have enough data on him to really try and make any kind of case for him, but I will make a case uh, for if we go down a little further to the heavyweights, Goldman Bular. Uh, I think this big, huge Brazilian Golm has got something. He didn't show it against Timmy, uh, Timothy Johnson, but I, I think Golm uh, is going to be able to keep Bular from taking taking him down. And I think that Golm might be a little bit live here. He's only fought 11 minutes in six fights, so he's going to try and stand this thing up and catch Bular coming in. He's three inches taller, six years younger, and will have about the same reach with both legs and feet. Uh, and, and he's coming as a nice, you know, 180 underdog. Uh, that's one I'm going to be watching real close. And then, of course, T. Edwards fight out of the uh, MMA lab. I watch him train regularly. Great wrestling-based young fighter who nobody knows about his, how good his wrestling is because he's got such power in his hands. Uh, but the dog I'm really looking for, like I say, is gold. Lou, GareBlue.com uh, with us. Um, we got the, the card in New York in a couple of weeks at uh, MSG. There's been a lot of changes to this card. Uh, but Daniel Cormier and Daniel uh, Derek Lewis will be the will be the uh, the main event. Daniel Cormier's in the, in the minus seven hundred uh, range. Chris Weidman is the co-main event yeah. now, minus one seventy against Souza. David Branch. Uh, quick look ahead, Lou. Has anything caught your eye? Uh, have you taken a look at this card yet, or are you just concentrating on this weekend still? Yeah, no, I ha- I, I do try and look ahead uh, a little bit. But there's nothing really on that card. Uh, you know, I, 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 I look at that main event. I think Cormier's got a lot of brass fighting so soon, coming off a hand injury. I, I think he's taken Derek Lewis a little bit uh, lightly. That said, uh, Cormier probably walks around when he's the most out of shape, able to go three, four rounds anyway, and Lewis can only go a couple. So, Dan Cormier going to go in there and attack that midsection of Derek Lewis around and then try and, you know, gas him, take him after he softens him up in the middle, take him out, and that's probably what's going to happen. I'm interested in Weidman Souza, and, and how I'm interested in that is how in the hell Weidman is a favorite in that fight. Yeah, he hasn't been very active as of late. I wonder what a his... Big, big what favorite, too. Yeah, I wonder what his desire is, too, Lou. I mean, I get it. He's fighting him at home, okay. But it's not like Chris Weidman is a big player in the UFC scene right now. Uh, no, and, and granted, you know, kryptonite to the Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter uh, is the world-class American wrestler, and that's exactly what Weidman is. But Sousa can strike and has some power. Uh, that's going to be a fascinating fight. And the other one right after it is uh, Cannoneer and Branch. Uh Cannonier, another guy that trains at the lab, uh, I think he's been completely underestimated by the betting. He opened 220. Again, this is five dimes because Pinnacle is more reasonable. They wait and let these lines settle a little bit. But 
at least according to five dimes, he opens 220. He's now at 310. Jared Cannonier is a guy that fought at heavyweight, fought at light heavyweight, now fighting anywhere from 85 to 05 again. I don't, I'm not sure where this fight is actually going to take place, but uh, be careful of him. He's a live dog in that fight. Lou, gamblue.com. All right, we're going to go to a break in a minute. On the other side, we'll talk NFL uh, football uh, with Lou. We'll see how he's doing uh, this year and what he thinks about the card uh, this week. Hey, Gabe, I, got, I get to make the picks this week. I won. Uh, team of the week, 109 fantasy points. So last week they took five games with chalk, went one and four, getting murdered in the contest. These guys are killing me. So this is your week this week. Hey, you know what? Our, my, my our, week. Our super contest team went um, went two and three only this week. We're getting, I think we're, we're 500. I think we're exactly 500. And um, But my team, the Golden Nugget, where I, there's no partners or anything, it's just me, I'm actually climbing right now. I'm up to 28, 19, and 2. I started out 5 and 9, so I've been on a tear since that 5 and 9 start in the contest. 28, 19, and 2. I'm now in 52nd place. Hey, so, here we go. Yeah, I'm climbing. Top 20 makes money. But it's pretty nice money for the top 20. I think the pot's like $280,000. Sorry, $308,000 the pot. Amazing. So, yeah, hopefully we can get a chunk of this. We've got to keep that going because we went 5-2 and two this past week. And it went, went, went. We talk NFL football on the other side with our main man, Lou Gamblu.com. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Anderson Silva wants to fight Conor McGregor after Conor McGregor said he wants to fight Anderson Silva. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they can do it on the same <laughs> night. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson play uh, <laughs> play golf. It's like basically Anderson Silva's looking for a payday. Conor McGregor like, accepts this because uh, he's looking for someone that he can beat. Uh, Conor McGregor actually said, I've always wanted to fight Anderson Silva. It would be an honor. He's a true legend of the sport. And, um, you know, Anderson's all over this right now. So it's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't think it's Money. Happen, money. Yeah. Everybody wants money. So let's jump in, talk some <laughs> NFL football with Lou, Gamblu.com. So, Lou, how's the NFL season treating you so far? The NFL season's going great. I, You know, I do not play college and pro. I'm a big believer in narrow your focus and increase your expertise, and therefore I, I wager and work the NFL only. And in our VEASAN selections, and, the, and I mention the VEASAN selections because they have to be in Tuesday at noon, so we have to play yep. stale lines by Tuesday at noon. It's harder than hell. I'm 2013 and two, <coughs> excuse me, uh, in the, in that uh, uh, competition. And it's not a competition; it's just a display. And then uh, for Gamblu.com clients, 
uh, we're, we're relatively close to that. So far this year, 24 and 17, which is almost 59%, plus 8.85 units, a nice 21.25, uh, excuse me, 21.12 ROI. So clients are making money, and uh, our picks are going well. And just knock on wood, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And so uh, as soon as I get done with one week, it's over, and I'm focused on the next. So it's on to week eight for us. So as far as week eight, Cam, what do you think of tomorrow's game? It's seven and a half, Houston and uh, Miami. Well, I was going to look at it as I know Houston's hot. Big win against Jacksonville, but Jacksonville's really struggling. As for Miami, uh, they've been hanging around in games. Hey, they beat the Bears outright. They were in that Detroit game late. They made a couple mistakes, Gabe. Uh, I'd look to take the points there with Miami. Revenge for uh, Brock Osweiler, but I don't know. The Houston Texans got some mojo. I just lay in seven and a half points with the Texans. Seems uh, like a very tough bet. I don't know where you guys are going with that game. I lean Dolphins now. I don't love it. Lou, what do you think? I think Cam covered it well. I totally agree. Uh, I, I, I do like I've, – I've been laughed at this before because I came out and said Osweiler was going to be a natural because Elway drafted him. But I, I see the kid around Phoenix because he, he lives here in the offseason. He's a good, solid young man, and he believes in himself. And I believe in him. And I, and I think this is a good angle for him against a team that brought him in and drop-kicked him. And because of that, I, like I say, I tend to want to take Miami in the point. It's not a game I'm going to bet. But I thought Cam's uh, breakdown was perfect. Yeah, you know what, what? you think, Gabe? I, it's hard to trust the Miami Dolphins right now. They've lost three of their last four football games. They seem to be fading. Their wide yep. receiver Stills is hurt. Albert Wilson is hurt. Um, you know, Devontae Parker's going to play tomorrow. And Adam Gase was asked, is Devontae Parker going to play? And he said, well, I guess we don't have any other wide receivers. Right? It was like the most, yeah. the, the quote was like the least like lack of confidence. He goes, well, we don't really have anyone else, so I guess he should play. Um, that, that's where they're at there. But without being stated, you mentioned it. The Houston Texans are 3-7-1. Uh, and one. Their last 11 uh, times have been home favorites against the spread. And the Houston Texans in seven football games this year have failed to score more than 20 points five times. It's hard to want to lay seven and a half, eight points. You've got to win by eight points with a football team that can't score more than 20 points. You know, look, a, a beaten-down Buffalo Bill football team went in there with Josh Almost Allen won. starting at the time and nearly beat him, getting 10 points. And, you know, there is something to be said for the revenge factor for Osweiler here. Five touchdown passes, just two interceptions in his two games. You know, I'm not saying I love it, but I'm leaning with the Miami I mean, Dolphins here as well. That's right. Yeah. The only thing that causes me hesitation is Houston's two and five against the spread record. Uh, again, we all know those things end up being really close to 500 on most occasions with most teams in most years, and so uh, the the number seems so out of whack, and their ATS is off, and that's what gives me reason for hesitation. All right. So, what what game catches your eye this week, uh, Lou? Even from a fan standpoint, what games you're looking at or capping right now or uh, breaking down? Yeah, I'm interested uh, b- because there's really there, there's very little weather this week as compared to last week. But I'm interested in the London game, Philly and Jacksonville. Uh, I, I'm interested in Seattle and Detroit. I, I think Detroit's a little better than people are are thinking. I agree. Uh, with that. I'm interested in Green Bay and the Rams. 
And obviously the the big game on Sunday night, New Orleans and Minnesota. So there's some real marquee matchups. Uh, as far as breaking the thing down, let's go to Sunday night, New Orleans at Minnesota. And all anybody can really remember is the revenge factor for New Orleans. But let's remember, they're on the second of a back-to-back, okay, road uh, they played at Baltimore, which is a tough physical team last week, won in an emotional one-point game. Now they go back on the road to Minnesota. And who do they got next week? Oh, they're home against the Rams. I don't like this spot for New Orleans. I like this spot for a team in Minnesota that I think is slowly starting to get it together. The look-ahead line in this game was Minnesota minus three a week ago. And now because of what's happened in the last week, uh, you can get Minnesota at a dead pick. That's a whole field goal of value. Sign me up. What do you think, Cam, of the board this week? And what do you think of that Vikings-Saint game? I agree with Lou. I, initially, I was thinking about the Saints because, because of the, the revenge factor, but Lou brings up a good point. It's a good spot for Minnesota. I just think Thielen's going to give these guys absolute fits, Morency. I watched that Baltimore game. The Ravens had control of that game for a while. Uh, their defense had a little bit of a breakdown in the second half of that game, and when is Justin Tucker ever going to miss another extra point? It would have gone to overtime. Kind of snake bitten there. I like the Vikings there. Hate to say it, I'm a Seahawk fan. Detroit's getting no respect in that spot, only laying three. The Detroit Lions have a physical defense. They they also signed Snacks from uh, from the Giants, too. Uh, just another weapon on the line for them against Seattle. I, I kind of lean uh, the Detroit Lions against my own team there. And another game that I'm looking at, I hate to say it, Morency, I think Baltimore uh, get, gets a little bit of revenge uh, and beats Carolina. It's, uh, I'm seeing two two-and-a-halves out there. I know I'm glad you're doing good with your bet from Whale Cap, or I just think the Ravens are a better team, and they're going to get it done on the road this week. I don't think the Ravens are a better team than the Panthers, and... I don't understand this line at all. Uh, to me, this is the most baffling line of the year almost, Lou, that the Baltimore Ravens are two-and-a-half-point uh, road favorites over the Carolina Panthers. That would mean that they're basically five-and-a-half points better, you know, than, than on a neutral uh, You know, I, I don't see this. I, I don't see that. I don't understand I'm this I'm so number. glad you guys – I'm really glad you guys brought this game up because I totally uh, – I tend to agree with you here on this one, Gabe. I make the number – uh, before I make the number last week, Carolina minus one. After the weekend's action, I have it a dead pick. And the look at headline was a dead pick. And now you got all this Baltimore love, and it's early Baltimore love. Well, uh, that's great. Uh, it, it looks like it's also sharp Baltimore love, but the sharps aren't setting any records on fire every week on twitter i I put out a just win baby it doesn't matter if you're sharp or square just win the ball game and carolina is a team i hate that market people got to talk about it but at the end of the day it's about your results and i'll tell you this Carolina knows they're getting disrespected i i, I like carolina in this spot but that said with Baltimore given one and a half, I'm not going to get too cute and too proud and take Caroline on the money line or with the spread, but I'll tease him to seven and a half at home strong. What do you make of the uh, your Chicago Bears, uh, Lou, laying seven against the New York Jets? I think the Jets could be the value of the week, quite honestly, and I'm looking hard at, uh, at making a, a play with them. It seems like it's an overreaction. Like last I agree. week, I like, last I week people Jets, thought yeah. the Jets could hang with the Vikings. Now suddenly people yeah. think they're going to get killed. 
I've noticed this week in the NFL, this year in the NFL, that's been the theme. I'd be interested to look back of the the difference, the point differentials and point spreads on a weekly basis this year. In which it's crazy how the marketplaces jump on and off football teams. Like, you know, the Buffalo Bills one week are getting, say, 18 points against the Minnesota Vikings. Next week it's, uh, it's eight and a half against the Packers. Oh, no, then it's back up again. Like, it's all over the place, Lou. Like, teams, like, the, the public's like, oh, the Jets are terrible. Let's make them big dogs. Oh, wait, no, no, let's make the Jets uh, big favorites here. Oh, no, no, now they're they're terrible again. It's really just a week-by-week back-and-forth thing. It's crazy. Yeah. It is driven by the press. Uh, that are now, uh, uh, it, they look, they're beautiful. They're mostly beautiful women. And, man, are they, they, they do a great job reporting. But they don't know a dadgum thing about football. And all they want to report about is who's not in camp and who's got a blister here and there. And it drives the overreactions crazy. And thank God for those beautiful reporters that know very little about what they're reporting about. Not all of them. Some of them are world-class reporters. Now, don't get me in trouble. But the bottom line too late, is the Lou. overreaction. You can't get in trouble. We don't, we, you would be in trouble, <laughs> but we don't have any women listening. So you're all right. But the bottom line is the NFL is an overreaction league driven by the press and the public follows. And thank God for that because that's how I make my profit is rolling against those. That's why I quote these look-ahead lines every week. You like that kid, like, man. You no, like I'm trouble, but there's no, no women no, out there no, to offend. No, know who I do like, though? Michelle Tafoya. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> she does. Oh, no, there's a lot of them that does. Stacey Dales, she, uh, she's quite good. I think Aditi Kinkabwala, I may not, please excuse the pronunciation of her name. She's an excellent reporter, and a lot of them are knowledgeable. But, I mean, it's just any more. You don't, you don't even see a male reporter. Where's Sal Pal? They've all gone away because they got a... They're playing the Hollywood ratings game, and I'm an, unfortunately for me, I'm interested in betting football. Lou, yeah, we all are. Lou laying it down Lou. today, not messing around. What do you, what do you guys, I'm going to ask you to throw this one out. Am I guys? Am I crazy? Like, what do you guys think about the Washington Giants game? Uh, I know the Giants in that Atlanta game. Their defense played pretty good, Gabe. Uh, Washington was kind of lucky at the end of that game. They really almost let it slip away against Dallas. Missed kick that hit the bar. Giants getting one at home. I think the world will be betting Washington. What do you guys think about that one? I agree the world will be betting Washington because very few are going to be able to rely on what they're getting because they don't know what's going on inside that giant locker room now as it looks like it's just, you know, the, the challenger entering the, the universe again. Everything's just freaking falling apart and shrapnel's flying everywhere. So, you know, I can't confidently know what's going on with the Giants. And so that's a must-watch game for me. I couldn't put money on it. I think the um, it's one of those weird games in which it seems like it's a giant spot, but I have to wonder, Cam, where this team is at right now. I know, and I know, I'd pound the Giants if they were in a better like frame of mind. But it's with the trade, nervous. You know, now you got Eli. Eli Apple has been traded, and uh, Snacks, as you mentioned, is traded. You've got other guys who are like, "Well, am I next? Am I going to be the next one to get traded?" Fire sale of a gun. Eli Manning and the struggles are real. And the Redskins are just efficient. Alex Smith is sort of that difference maker that avoids, like, normally the Redskins would fall into chaos. Like, he's just, he's not even playing great. It's just that he's there. 
You know, and Adrian Peterson is running the hell out of the football for a 33-year-old player. He is. Give him credit. Yeah, it's a tough game, but I lean with the Redskins in that game, guys. Tough game. Tough game. Yeah, uh, again, I, 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 the Redskins have been really good to me this year. I've, I've had a knack of, of being good with them or good when I'm against them. But, but you're right. You, there's just no way to trust the inside of that giant locker room after these two trades. I mean, it's it almost seems like they're doing what Oakland's doing. I mean, Oakland's just totally just waving the white white flag and selling out for uh, their arrival to Las Vegas. And yeah, I'm exactly. not quite sure just yet what the Giants are doing. Right, one, uh, we got a couple minutes left here, Lou. Another game, and I wanted your quick take on the World Series. Um, the Packers and the Rams, a lot of people talking about Aaron Rodgers getting nine and a half points. He doesn't get off in uh, these points. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been an underdog of six points or more four times in his career. I would have expected, you know, this is the highest one, but I would have expected, I didn't really expect him to be that much of an underdog that much. But So he's been an underdog of six or more four times in his career. He's 4-0 straight up and against the spread in those games. Wow. Is he going to be straight up here? I don't know. It might be a little ambitious. What do you make of this one, Lou, with Rodgers in a pack getting 9.5 coming off the bye week against the Rams? Yeah, I worry about coming off of the bye, and the reason they're coming off of the bye is, let me just list for you the Packers' next five games. At the Rams, at New England, okay, so they go to L.A., back to Green Bay, then to New England, home to Miami, at Seattle, at Minnesota. So as brutal as that five-game run is going to be, off the bye, Green Bay has to be as focused as they're going to be in this five next five games for the Rams upcoming. And I do think it's a decent spot for Green Bay because when I look at the Rams, what have the Rams done? The Rams are going to be home for the first week this week to host Green Bay after being on the road at Seattle, at Denver, at San Francisco, and they go to New Orleans next week. Okay. So, this is to me. This is a situational play that screams, "Take me as the Packers when it gets to ten. And I'll tell you what I did earlier in the week is release to clients the Rams teased when it was nine down to two and a half because it's the second part of a teaser. When that number gets Green Bay ten or ten and a half, we're going to come back and make a middle where we have the Rams at two and a half as a favorite and Green Bay at 10 or 10 and a half by Sunday when the parlay play and pukes are done vomiting all over the ramp. <laughs> vomiting. Pukes are be puking all over the place. LouGamblu.com. Uh, what's the best place to find you, Lou? So you're very gracious with your time with us, and we appreciate it. You share a lot of your, your opinions on these games, but you also uh, have final packages and final plays. Uh, for your clients, so how, do, how does somebody become a client of yours? Yeah, clients can just go uh, to NFL Consulting on the gamblue.com webpage, hit consulting, and really all you have to do is send me an email. Uh, unfortunately, I price myself into a, a certain level that it really may, you got to spend, you got to be able to fire pretty heavy on the games to afford me, and I only do that to keep the client count low. Uh, but all my records, everything on the UFC is free, and that's at gamblue.com, and you can catch me at Twitter 
at Gamblu, and as always, I appreciate the time with YouTube Professional. Hey, thank you very we much, you, Lou. Lou. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for the insight, as always, my man. Lou, Gamblu.com, highly recommended. Great guy. Honest Capper. Yep.